So you know this week I went down one of those YouTube holes. Right. And there was one of those, you know, top fives uh, things of all time. And one of them was the top five greatest movie scenes of all time. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things where one of the scenes came up and it just got me in the feels. Like it's one of those things where you watch it. Doesn't matter if you've seen it last week. Didn't matter if you saw it five times this week. The scene five times in a day. Every time you do it, red eyes just snot going down your face. Yeah. Just gets you in the feels. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what is one of those things for you? What's one of those scenes? Well, I mean, I'm about to go nerdy with this. Uh, shout out to my boy Sonic. Have a nut. So, uh, Infinity War. Okay. Well, that's like, recent. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, Infinity War, I remember the, like, that big fight with Thanos, right? Yeah. And then that's when fucking Thor came back with Stormbreaker, was, like, killing basically everybody off in the field. It was a big feel-good moment and all that shit. Yeah. And then when he fucking threw, threw Stormbreaker and it stuck Thanos in the chest. Mm-hmm. And it was like when you're seeing at that point in the movie, after everything that happened from the beginning of the movie on that ship, when fucking Thanos beats the shit out of the Hulk to that moment. Yeah. Right. It's like, like oh, they finally got him. The build up. The, right. The, 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 the two movies worth of build up. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's like they oh shit, they got him. Right. And then when he's sitting there groaning and groaning and Thor's like got lightning eyes and he's digging that axe into the chest. And then when Thanos is like, you should have went for the head. And then he snapped. Oh, yeah. And then when you start seeing everybody on the battlefield start fading off into dust, right? Yeah. And they're they're doing this in a quick manner to where you're like, when you're processing like, oh, shit. Yeah, Buck, yeah Bucky just like fell over, just like, boom. Right. It's just like, like I think, wasn't he holding his gun and then like the gun just collapsed on the floor and then right. like he just went into dust. And like all these things start happening. But when they start like like zoning in on just single people and it's like starting to get you. Yeah. Fucking... Peter Parker, bro. Like, after all that shit, like being in that spaceship with fucking Tony the entire time, they're building their relationship. They ended up fucking uh, fighting off Moff. Yeah. And, like, it was just a moment. Like, and throughout all those Spider-Man movies, like Homecoming, Far From Home, all that shit, like, you're seeing the relationship between Peter and, and fucking Tony. Yeah. Right. And so, like, Tony's starting to be like a father figure to him. Yeah. And the attachment grows from his side. Where exactly. It's like, exactly. Know, so, like, yeah. you're starting to see, like, well, first you're seeing the growth of Peter Parker, but also you're seeing, like, Tony, as arrogant as he is and rich as he is, like, he's all business all the time, but then he starts to get that emotional connection with Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so after the snap happens, and then it gets back to them on. I forgot what planet it was. It was like uh, Thanos' old planet. Uh, Titan. Titan, yeah. 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 And then when he's like, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark, and he fades off, and then the look on Tony's face when he's like, I just, like, I lost my kid. I remember, like, I didn't cry at it, but, like, it hit me right in the fucking feels, dude. I was like, God damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, Gurley was talking about before we came on the air, like, uh, Endgame. When fucking Tony finally gets all the stones in his hand and he's just like, I am Iron Man, and he snaps, and then everybody starts coming back. Like, that got hurt. So, what's yours, actually? Oh, man. I mean, that's actually pretty good. But, um, yeah, sidebar shout out to Aunt May, Marissa Tomei. Facts. Oh. 
<laughs> Facts. Not me. You can definitely get it. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. And now, downshift again. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to go older school nerdy, right? All right. All right. Um, it's like I saw the movie first, and then I read the book, right? Okay. But it was Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Okay. You remember when they were going, the, the Battle of Pelennor Field? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they were uh, sieging Minas Tirith. It was the ride of the Rohirrim. Ah, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's, man, it gets you every time because it's, they just came off of Helm's Deep, right? Right. Just getting completely massacred. Um, they got, they ended up getting rescued by his, he, it's like, um, it's like the king got rescued by his nephew. Yeah. The one that he exiled earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when he came to his senses and actually started becoming the king again, getting rid of self-doubt and all yeah, of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he and, and Minas Tirith was at a bad spot, and then they ended up lighting the beacons by accident. You know, it's like it's like Gandalf is um, doing all this stuff. It's like, no, we're not going to call for aid. They never came for us before. They never helped us. They abandoned us type thing. Yeah, yeah. And... Just like everything else, just leading up to it, he just led his like the king led his people through through hell. Yeah, and then he's calling upon them again. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "We're not defending our lands. We're going to the aid of our to, of our ally. Yeah, of yeah. our long ally. You know, so of our long ally that forgot about us for a long time. Yeah. But when they call for aid, Rohan is here. Facts." And just scrapping as many people as he can, you know. It's like I can't remember if it was like six or eight thousand. But then when you see at the break of dawn, yeah, when the when it's the darkest night, him just him and the riders just cresting over this hill, and there's about six or eight thousand of them. And it's pretty insane. They're looking over a f- entire field, a besieging army of about maybe a hundred thousand orcs. Yeah, you got less than ten thousand people on horseback facing off against a hundred thousand, and they know they're gonna die. Yeah, they are there, and they're just looking at this, and it's insane. And so much doubt and so much fear of death. And not just death, but a senseless death. It's a thing of, there's no way that we could win this. But we got to do it. We can't just go silently into that night. And even though we are riding to the aid of people that have abandoned us, we know that we have to do it because we have to end this war. Yeah. One way or the other, the war needs to come to an end. Yeah. And so you see the self-doubt in the king himself, in Theoden. You're right. You know, Theoden King, you can see him just looking over. It's like, I've never seen this before. Yeah. After all of the 60, all the 50 or 60 years that I have been to war, I have never seen this. I have just been through hell and then I'm going through super hell now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. lead my people into super hell. Yeah. And not only we're not defending, we are attacking. And 
you can just see it in his eyes, but then he's just like, ah. you know, it's like he's he's going to turn around and he's going to hype up his men. Yeah. And all of the people just believing in the king that because it's one man, they believe the king, they believe in him. Mm-hmm. And the speech that he does is just insane. It's like hype is men. Super fucking hype. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just. <laughs> oh, man. And like. And he just t- takes out a sword and just clinks all the spears and just riding down the line. Yeah, and yeah. He's just barking orders and he's telling everybody what to do. Yeah. The, the last order he's thinking he's probably going to give. Yeah. And he just ride now. Ride now, ride now for ruin in the world's ending. Facts. And he just <laughs> yells, death. Yeah. Because I don't know if you I know. Gotta watch that again, yo. If you, <laughs> because here's the crazy thing. In the, um, in the Cimmerillion and in some of the back lore is that you got races of uh, beings. Some are effectively immortal, right? Yeah. But then the... Um, the creator of all the life. He gave immortal life to some people. He gave, you know, a shorter life to others and he gave effective immortality to others. Right. Right. But it was crazy because man was meant for something greater and the creator gave man the gift of death because death was never the end. Yeah. It was just a transition period. Facts. Is just a the gateway to the net to another life. Yeah, and it was crazy because it's like in the in the lore you're thinking about it. It's like they are not they are accepting or yeah he, they are accepting the gift of death, and it was the dark powers that made them doubt it. Yeah, and they made them afraid of it. Yeah, and. It just hits you right in the fucking feels because you can see not only some people still have the doubt in them, yeah, but they're rallied by the people next to them, and they're rallied by their king, and they are rallied by the fact that their their life and their and their possible death is not just meaningless; is that they're giving hope to others, yeah, while they are. Charging headlong, yeah, into yeah. danger, into possible death, it and again eight thousand versus a hundred thousand into their knowing death, yeah, and it was and it just gets me because it's not just a man thing about uh, about violence and about war shit like that. It's like, like going no, out no. on your shield, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. It's not just going out on your shield, but it's one of those things where it's like your life does have meaning. Yeah. And you only get one of them. What are you going to do with it? Facts. Fucking facts. Such a banger, my guy. Spangers, baby. Well, this is going to be episode 54 of Cigars and Bars. Let's get this shit. Ha, 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 ha,
ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to episode 53, or actually this would be 54 technically, because we did 53 with Manny. With Manny, yes. Yeah, shout so out to So what are we going to do with baby 50? Shout out Daddy Manny. <laughs> shout out. Well, you people are, well, all 13 of our listeners should know who the fuck you and I are. I'm your boy Stiz, a.k.a. Babyface Stew, a.k.a. Papa Stew, a.k.a. Pasta Stew, and the bitches call me Poppy Stew. And joining me as always, my brother, my tag team partner, hetero life mate, the third mic of Cigars and Bars and Heel Face Podcast, the official, official legal and financial advisor of the Heel Face Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Kyle. Hey, hey, everybody. How's it going? It's great to be back. It's I, I, I love y'all. It's good to see you back, man. I, I, it's good. To, it's always good to be back. I love your face, man. man. I love your face, bro. We just got done watching a fire-ass fucking show. Yes, we did. You missed most of it, but you saw the top three. And what'd you think? I think that it they did a really, really good job at the O2. And I think they did a really good. I it was a really good idea to do Money in the Bank in England. Oh, most definitely. That crowd the, was hype. The, the crowds are always on fire. Oh, dude, most definitely. Like at one point before you got here, like at one point, fucking uh, the crowd was doing some sort of chant at Dominic, and Katya was literally sitting there. And she's like, God, I feel like I'm at a British football match. <laughs> I'm like, perfect facts. You know? yes, <laughs> that is exactly what it is. They've been working. They, they've always been working on their chance since like they were the, since they could speak. Facts. Since they could walk. They've been doing it since the womb. Facts, bro. But like, you know how many like uh, pregnant women actually go to football matches? I believe it. <laughs> I fucking believe it, bro. Like. Dude, like hearing hearing the British crowd, like it just it just made me smile because like WWE's been doing a bang up job with their last few pay per views. Yep. Just like when I see hyped crowds for shit, like when Montreal for fucking Sammy versus Roman was fire, dude. Fucking Puerto Rico was fire. Yeah. Like fucking London, absolute fire. Yes. <laughs> dude, it was so funny at the way at one point in the middle of the show, John Cena comes out right. And he, he was a surprise and like crowd fucking gate like they were singing singing the whole John Cena sucks and it was yeah. it was great he had the biggest biggest smile on his face and like dude he comes out and he's sitting there talking about how hyped the crowd is and how there should be a WrestleMania in London and I'm like I started thinking about it and I was like oh fuck yeah dude yeah like fuck yeah yeah and and, and the way that WWE is really salty. They're probably trying to go and get Wembley. Oh, dude, most definitely. I mean, they need Wembley, actually. Well, dude, Honestly. just watching this show, like, I already know fucking All Out's going to be hype as fuck. Or was it All In is in Wembley? All In, yeah. Yeah, dude, like that. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, they're going to need it because imagine, because think about it. Most people don't understand, but it's like in, what is it, an hour train ride? From London to from Paris and London, I believe so. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, like, is going under the channel and everything like that. So we're talking international, and it's not going to be 
expensive for people to get there. So oh, imagine so how definitely. many, like imagine how many heads you got coming out of um, out of Germany, out of France, out of Austria. Like I remember when Tony announced it, I remember there was a lot of doubt from people like, oh, AEW can't fill a stadium like that. And like same day the tickets went on sale, they they pushed past like 60,000 already. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, I, I haven't looked at the numbers now, but like, Dude, if that if they end up filling up Wembley, that first of all, that's a big move for AEW. Yes. But secondly, like that's just gonna make for a hype ass crowd for a hype ass show. And like if this if Money in the Bank was any inkling, like, dude, the thing that made me laugh about Cena at one point, he was putting over the London crowd, but he was saying like, this is the greatest crowd in the world. And I was making a joke because uh, Roman Alexander and his girly, shout out to them. I'm going to have them on the show soon. Out, out. But uh, they were they were sitting there. We're listening to that. And then Tara and I were just laughing because I'm like, every, yeah, every American fan hears that. And they're like, hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I was dying, bro. It was, uh, it was just, I don't know, man. Like I, Well, I thought he was going to say, pink shilling. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and get some pink shilling. Yeah, some yeah. pink shilling. But dude, like, I don't know, man. It was just so fucking hype. And like, when I've always said this, and I will stand by this: when pro wrestling is good, there is nothing in this world that is close to it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, it is a different energy. Yeah, and it's not just the whole thing. It's like it's still real to me. Damn it! Right. It's you know, just, what I mean, it's it. like everybody's in on everybody's in on the work. Oh, dude, most definitely. That's like, this is something I was talking with one of my friends about recently. I was like, dude, great crowds can make anything fucking great, right? And that's why, like, playoffs in any sport, when the crowds are hyped because they're like, our team got here and, like, they're invested. Like, anytime I'm, I'm like, like, I, I remember talking with Katya, like, the f- first few years that we were together, and, like, she was like, why do you love baseball so much? And I'm just like, have you ever watched postseason baseball? And she's like, no. And that was the first year I took her to games and everything. And, like, yeah. she's she's been in, like, crowds. We've been in crowds together where it's, like, it's kind of like everybody's just chilling and, like, happy to be there. But, like, like when we went to Diamondbacks and Dodgers, that yeah. felt like a playoff game because the whole crowd was invested in every single pitch. Everybody was hyped for it. Like, it was a sold-out crowd. It was so dope. And I'm yeah. just like, dude, think that, but in October. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. and when it, I'm like, NBA playoffs, like those crowds get hype, like for fucking every basket and shit like that. Like when it's your team, it's your squad or whatever, and people are fully invested in it, dude. Even like when you watch like MMA, like you when UFC's doing like international stuff, yeah, yeah, they're like in Brazil or fucking England or fucking Saudi Arabia or whatever. Like and those crowds get hype as fuck. Oh man, and, and dude, especially in Brazil. Oh, dude, and like every Brazilian comes out and gets a hero's welcome, and yeah. like it's it's a different energy, bro. But like people are singing and chanting in the crowds, and I'm just like, yo, in my lifetime, once like we all get our money and shit together, and like are able to travel and have the time, all of us, like you, me, Manny, the girly, like all of us, we need to take a trip to England. And we need to hit an Arsenal game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro. Like we need yeah, to be sitting in Emirates and just fucking. Do you know I'm a supporter, man? I know. You know. I know. Yeah. Just be sitting there yelling and chanting and screaming with the crowd and all that shit, dude. It, everybody's singing and just having a good time and fucking. 
So hyped, dude. Because I don't know about you, but I am proud to be a gunner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, speaking of football, I don't know if you paid attention to, like, European football this year. Manchester City hit the Triple Crown this year. I know, man. And honestly, like, I'm not a fan of City, but, like, they got such a fire squad and, like, their coach, you could tell he's all all in and invested in those fans, dude. They're a different energy. Watching them win the Premier League was dope. Watching them win the F the, the FA Cup. Yep. Like in that in Wembley was dope. And then the fucking Champions League final. Like I watched that front to back, which you know, it's been a, like I've seen Champions League games, like the Champions League finals before, but I've never actually like sat there for pregame before. Like I've always watched it from like whistle to whistle, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. So this year I actually caught like I was up early enough and I actually caught like the the whole opening ceremony and everything and I was like, "Yo, this is actually fire." Like they treat it like the fucking Olympics opening ceremonies. I mean, this huge production, man. We're talking about, Dude. you know, it's like all, all the kids that are coming out with them. Facts. And, you know, it's just like the, it's like the Goodwill Gang type Yeah, shit, yeah. You know? So, like, this year for the Champions League final, like, they ha- I, I, could, I can't remember the two artists that performed, but they ended up doing, like, this big, like, performance. And then after they got done, they were shooting off all these fireworks and everything. And then, you know, the Champions League theme, that epic, like, the champions like all that shit so they when the players were doing their walkout they weren't playing that theme there was a dude on the piano doing the theme on the piano and Mm. the crowd was singing it and I was like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it I was like this is so fire like they're walking out with the kids and then they get that shot of the of the fucking Champions League trophy and the two teams and the mm-hmm. the officials like grabbing the match ball and both of the both the teams walking out and then you see both teams just like looking at it man just be like you know just be like breaking their necks like they want to touch it but they know they can't can't and touch it like, yet, yeah but like fucking when they got that sky shot of the field because like they still had like some of the tarp and like the artwork on the field from the opening ceremony yeah so in the middle of the pitch you see like the that the champions league ball like they have that big flag and everybody's waving it right and then like you see the big fucking like showing the two teams logos and like so and when they're just lining up in line and everybody's singing and it's just like a fucking grand old time and i'm like dude we got to do that like it's, we have to hit that. Like we got to do one of those. Like just like go to a fucking cup final game. I mean, it's pretty sick, man. Dude, it it, it looks like a fucking fire ass like energy. The entire production. I mean, like if you are like an audio visual nerd, and if you ever been in theater or if you set up uh, stages, if yeah, you yeah, audio, yeah. if you run any of that stuff, watch some of the European stuff that comes out. Oh, most it definitely is insane. Most definitely. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like, whenever I see production teams for any sport or anything, like, the way they pay homage to their past, like, NBA is brilliant at this. Like, I remember, I remember, like, during the Eastern Conference Finals, Mm -hmm. uh, I remember just watching game one and then, like, literally in the middle, like, right as halftime came around, they pitched, they, they, it was the first time they showed this commercial for like hyping the NBA finals. Yep. And like the whole purpose of it was to say like, we are all in the finals, mm-hmm. but like what they were showing is like people at home, like turning on their TVs and like seeing all these great moments. Right. And like yeah, yeah. they're flashing back to the history and like Wilt holding the championship and Kobe kissing the, t- kissing the fucking Lario and 
Jordan with that hat on with his head up against it. You know what I mean? Like, and they're, yeah, yeah, they're paying yeah. homage. But then, like, you're going to barbershops and, like, Magic Johnson's in there getting a haircut and, like, fucking Larry's talking shit to him. And, like, there's yeah. all this stuff going on. But it's, like, the music they're playing in the background was, like, this, like, light, like, orchestra and, like, like just... You're hearing like these this light singing in the back, it like the orchestra music and like the it feels like an aria type. Thing right, right, and it's just like a vibe, right? And then like the shot that they get at the end of it was like at the top of this mountain, and it's just the Lario. Yeah, and it's like it's all about the Lario from here on out. And I'm just like, it was like a three minute fucking spot going into halftime, and I was sitting there, I was like, I got so hyped for the finals, I was like, yeah, yo, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty. <laughs> I mean, it's freaking great, man. You know, especially, you know, it's like when we're talking about production type thing, that's one of those things that goes into um, all media and all entertainment, especially movies. Like when you think about storytelling. Yeah, it's all about storytelling. And it's like when you when we were talking about earlier, you know, for about 11 minutes uh, for the opening, when we were talking about the, the movie scenes that get you in the feels. The mute, not only the story that brought it up, but the music that we're hitting all of the memories, yeah, that yeah, built up to that moment. Yeah, the music, my- it, it's one, of, it, the music is one of those things that takes you over the edge. Yeah, yeah, you know, I have a perfect example of this. It wasn't a movie or a show, but a video game. Okay, so Gears of War, do you remember that series? Man, Gears of War was one of the best. Oh, it was fucking brilliant, bro. Like, the yeah. storytelling between the characters from fucking, like, like Dom and, like... So, throughout the entire series from, like, the first three games, like, you, when you learn who Dominic is, right? Yep. And how his whole thing is that he lost his wife and child, and he he misses them all the time. And he, there's, there's these constant cutscenes of, like, reminders of him, like, thinking about them and, like... He feels like he could never love again because his love Maria passed and all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Or she's missing and he's trying to find her, you know, right, like right, the motivation right. behind everything that he does. Exactly. And then so, like, in the third game, I remember there was this moment where the whole squad is, like, fighting off all these grubs and they end up basically in a kill box. Yeah. So they're in this one area and, like, all of them are, t- like, back to back and Dom goes taking off. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, what? The- where is he going? And then, like, all these grubs are just closing in on them, and they're trying to shoot off everybody as much as they can. Yeah. Oh, and, and then, spoilers for a game that's about, what, 15 years old now? Yeah, longer than that. But, yeah. like... If, if, you've, if you've never played it or seen it, it's your fault. Facts. <laughs> but they, they got this scene where fucking Dom ended up running off, and he got into this big truck that had a gas, like, a gas tanker on the back of it. Yeah, yeah. And so he's on the comms, and so everybody, can, like, Marcus can hear him, and everybody can hear him. And he's like, I'm coming home to see you, Maria. This is it. And so, like, Marcus is like, that's my brother. Like, I've spent so much time. Like, they're they're not blood, but they're as close as brothers can fucking get. Yeah. Right? They've been to war together. They've done all these things together. So Marcus understands what's about to happen. And so he's like, Dom, no, don't do this. And just the scene that they get of Dom behind the wheel, and they start playing Gary Jules' Mad World. Yeah, but they're not playing the lyrics. They're just playing that melody that, mm-hmm. and you're seeing like a single tear leaving Dom's eye as he's driving this fucking tanker, right? And so he's going through, and then Marcus like they get these slow mo shots of him like, no, 
drives into the thing and explodes and it kills off a bunch of these grubs but it leaves an opening for the team to leave and so like in the moment you're like dom no and then like they're all fighting off and everything and like when you're following the main character marcus he's a hard ass through everything like this man shows no emotion except fuck you i'm murdering everybody here right and so like when you hear him like he's always got that gromly voice he's like an old school general where like he leaves his heart out of it, and he's like, no, heartless, fucking going to battle. We're murdering everybody. Right, but and the so, entire time, you and as the games go through, right. you see the motivation of why he has to be heartless or why right. he believes he has to be heartless. Exactly, exactly. And then so, like, after that moment, and then they finally get into safety, and then it hits him that, like, my brother's gone. Yeah. And it's just, like, you feel for the dude in that moment because, like, that's the first time on his face that you see, like, He's sad and like he's showing that emotion to his team, which he's never done throughout the entire like you never like there's been sad moments and he's just been grumbly faced like, no, we have to do this. Right. You know, but then like that moment, it finally hits him. And it's like you as a player, you're sitting there like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Yeah. And and it, it was one of those things where it's like he had to be the strong one because you had a lot of volatile uh, volatile emotions and a lot of volatile uh, personalities that were around. Yeah, yeah. And you had other people that did wear their heart in their sleeve. Yeah. They, yeah. they let their emotions be known and Absolutely. because that's part of them. Right. But he was the rock. He was the glue guy that really kept everybody together and he was the hard ass that everyone was that rallied behind because it's like, man, I really... I really don't like this dude, but that was one thing that everybody could, you know, th- they could agree on. And but I love this hard dude because he's keeping us focused. One hundred percent. But and then when you just see, you know, like all of the loss, all of the everything that has happened, and he's just been gruff, been gruff, been gruff. But then this one thing that happens, you know, the sacrifice that his brother did in order for them to live to for the greater good for greater yeah. good to move on he didn't give himself the permission to show emotions dom did facts don gave him the permission facts he gave him the hope yeah because he kept none for himself facts fucking do that like when games can do that again back to your whole point of like it's the art of storytelling in production and fucking anything like music can make anything fucking in sporting events crowds can make anything but but again like proper production gets the proper responses yeah and i love to see that shit absolutely and that's why you know i have the utmost respect for for artists you know recording artists visual artists graffiti artists um writers screenwriters you know i mean people that are creatives a lot of people you know it's like they don't understand what it takes in what the depths of emotions the range of emotions people got to tap into yeah yeah in order to go ahead and like to to let other people feel oh bro like you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty insane like i got the utmost respect for him yeah you know and it's just you know it's it's the folks that give you the finished product yeah yeah 
but they're the ones that go have the ups and downs. Yeah. And just people that aren't tapped into that or like understand what it takes to make all that shit. Yeah. They're the ones that just say like, oh, that guy's weird. But I like what he gives me though. Yeah, yeah. Because Bro, they're giving I, you the impetus. Oh, dude, to I, reflect on your own stuff. I actually like because of my class last month in my school. I have now the utmost respect for for guys like fucking dudes who are on Sports Center, Rich Eisen, like fucking Dan Patrick, like all these dudes that do like shit. Colin Cowherd, man. I mean, Colin Cowherd, exactly. Fucking- like. Last month, I had to make my, own, make my own, like, sports highlight film. Yeah. So, like, actually put together the graphics and, like, logging a game. So, like, I ended up watching a, uh, a fucking uh, World Baseball Classic game. And yeah. it was between the U.S. and Venezuela. And it was one of... Dude, like, I had to actually log the game first. So, like, I had to watch it and, and then log, like, everything that happened. So, right. like, on this play... Trout grounded out to second, and, and it was two you're hours. Literally doing play by play. I, well, I'm literally doing that, but I'm having to write it down into an actual log sheet. And then okay. throughout that log sheet, I had to pick out like highlights of plays. Literally cut the tapes to where I'm showing the highlights, and I had to do a voiceover. Oh yeah, yeah. To like you know, oh we were at we had a banger of a of a baseball game today between Venezuela and the, and then like had to actually like I got the scenes of like fucking Lance Lynn warming up and it's like starting for the U S Lance Lynn got a few of his strikeouts like like key strikeouts throughout the game nice you know and then fucking spots of like when U S was scoring runs and then Venezuela coming back and scoring runs and then like. It was such a banger vibe inside, like it was in the stadium in Miami, and so like the crowd for Venezuela was hype as fuck throughout that entire. Oh, game. it's Miami. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, did, did you was... do like the um, do the lip syncing? You know, shout out to John Boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm not stealing John Boy shit, bro. We're like, bro, it was it was interesting, but like all the work I had to put in to do that, it made me truly respect the guys that do that on a day by day basis. And now, like when I'm watching. Like Sports Center, or even just like a highlight film of, you know, somebody like talking about a game. Yeah. And I realize that it's that person that's putting all that together. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, there's a team of like, there's a producer that's, you know, there's a stenographer on, you know, and all that shit. Like, there's all this shit going on around them. Sure. But at yeah, the end yeah. of the day, like, the main product is like having to do this live and like come up with quick quips and shit, like fucking off the yeah. top of the dome and. All this stuff, and it's just... It's like, we'll, we'll do it live. We'll do it live! We'll do it live! <laughs> but, bro, like, it made me truly appreciate, like, the production side of any media. Because I'm like, I understand now the work that's put in to give you a product. Like, when we were watching Money in the Bank and that whole video that, that they cut together prior to the main event. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, they're giving you the history of the bloodline and then paying homage to, like... Fucking Peter Mayavia, the Wild Samoans, Yokozuna. The thousands of hours of video. Facts. Pic- still pictures. Facts. And, like, coming back in there. and But if you notice throughout that entire thing, like, they're giving you their history. And then, dude, that rare photo of fucking Peter Mayavia holding a baby Roman Reigns and, like, fucking Hulk Hogan holding him. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they... Yeah did that little shot of like they showed the photo and then they just zoomed in on roman as a as a small child yeah yeah so he's like i've been in the and like over the audio you're hearing roman like this business is in my blood and i'm like fucking fire dude like and you're 
And just like they're telling this story of like this man was bred to be the tribal chief. Mm. He builds this powerhouse stable of the bloodline, right? And then all of a sudden that little corp of Sami Zayn getting in there. But even like when they're talking about Roman's reign and like every big name that he beat and telling you the days that he's held on to this championship. Mind you, the match we're about to watch is just a tag team match. It's not for the titles. It's not. It's just a Civil War tag team match, but they are—they were hyping this like it's a big title fight, right? And then, dude, and again, you get through that whole production, and then the Usos music hits. But then that fucking London crowd was singing the Usos theme, and you could see Jimmy and Jay were vibing, mm-hmm. and they're fucking get that shit, let's go, like oh, down yeah. since day one, shit. You know, I know yeah, everybody's yeah. just losing their shit, and then Roman, of course, coming out with his boss music and fucking staring down the usos and like it was all the little shit that they got just chef's kiss bro like i'm just saying i'm like when when it when you see it done just crisp and proper it's just it's a different energy yeah, when it's done right it is just it, it it's 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 a whole nother it's another whole nother kettlefish man oh dude 100 percent. yeah it's like it's it just it makes you feel and it makes you feel alive and it just makes you like that little part yourself it's like what have i done (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) what am i doing with my life you know it's like like i i gotta get in the gym you know what i mean i I gotta get running i I, wind right yeah it's like i I need to do better at my job you know what i mean because because these guys are masters at their craft and it's years of doing it, man. Like, yeah. and, and it shows in the work. It, it, it's it's an overnight success, twenty years in the making. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Dude, I heard it. Like, I actually mentioned this to Sonic on uh, our episode that we did a couple days ago. Shout out to Sonic. Shout out my guy. But uh, we 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 were talking about this, and uh, he was talking about his music career and how, like, you know, he started off just like. Not knowing if this is something that he wanted to do, but he's he he's constantly working at it, and like you hear it in his music, and it's getting better, and then his comic book is getting even better, and like all the stuff that he's doing, it's like ironing iron sharpening iron using iron to sharpen itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like yeah. Iron sharpens iron. Yes. And like, like I was telling him that I had like I was going through my Instagram and I saw this reel of Nas. I don't know what interview it was, but he was saying that like the problem with a lot of these young artists. And, like, honestly, you could talk about any form of media with this, whether it be sports or fucking movies, music, whatever it is, right? Yeah. He's saying a lot of these artists now, this is the problem with them, is that they start out thinking that they're just going to get on Tupac's level tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's not the point. He right. goes, the point is to build there, and the journey is where your happiness is at. Yeah. And I was like, fucking bars, dude. Yeah. Because let me go ahead and go, go, go back to that, right? Let me, let me add on to that. I was just, you know, you know, swiping through Instagram and just just doing a little bit, you know, like my five minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just looking up ESPN and, you know, a Woj for a report. And they were just saying. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. And they were. Yeah. <laughs> and they ended up saying or having that, you know, graphic of Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Right. It's like Dylan Brooks. It's like the. Grizzlies have announced that Dylan Brooks would not be returning as a Memphis Grizzly. Right. And that's one of those guys where it's just like, one, he's Canadian. But <laughs> <laughs> but he's getting some money. 
He's feeling himself. Right. Getting some extra tattoos. Yep. Getting the, you know, weird skin tight, fashionable stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, looking like a looking like a biker that actually is sitting in the back seat. Facts. You know, <laughs> behind the seat, you know, it's like it's like he's feeling himself. Yeah. He's getting into people's heads. He's he's trying to get people's heads and he's just, you know, talking a whole bunch of boss shit. Yeah. He's feeling himself. He's going at LeBron and all the legends and all of the all of the first options of all these teams and be like, I'm gonna get in your head. I'm blah 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 blah. Bro, you ain't nice like that. Yeah, you made to the league. You're in the top one percent of all basketball players on the planet. Right. But you ain't nice like that. Right. You ain't top of the league. You ain't top of the league. You're not even the third option on your team. Facts. And you say you want to be a quote irritant? You just you're trying to get under people's skin? No, you're just an asshole. Facts. You're just an a-hole and you are trying to be tough because again, Memphis, Memphis is one is a tough city, right? 100%. Memphis is a really really tough city and it's hard to be a young person in Memphis, especially a young black guy and try to make yourself look like you are you're not tough. Shout out John Morant. Shout out. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> say, say, hit me one time. Hit me two times. Hit me three times. Ah! <laughs> Local he say, he's like, you don't like that shit. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. Say, even though you ain't about that life, you need to be seen that you're quote quote about that life, or you're you got to be tough to be cool, right? And it's like, nah, man, you ain't got to do that, right? Look at look at look at my man Stephen Adams. Yeah, one the toughest guy in the league, bar none. Yeah, Stephen Adams. Yeah, that the Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Toughest guy in the league, bar none, that's playing right now. He is, you have never seen that man brandish a gun ever. You have never seen that man, you know, get on Instagram and throw a punch. Right. Except if it's actually, you know, like if he's back home, you've seen the motherfucker with an ax. You see him build stuff. Yep. You see the man wrestle. Yep. But it's in a controlled environment. Yeah. It's not out in the streets. Right. He is a teaser. He's a tough guy because look at the rest of his freaking family. Oh, 100%. He's like the runt. Yeah. But that... See, I feel like Dylan Brooks, though, is trying to be like a Christian Leitner. You know what I mean? Like, where he's he's out here trying to be an irritant, but the thing... What's my Christian He's trying to be like the, the villain. Yeah. Like, he's trying to be a villain, but he's... Like, like it's like you said. He's just being an asshole. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and and you're trying to be, you know, tough guy, and you're doing the tough guy dances, right? Which never makes sense to me. Oh, you know what I mean? Facts. I mean, like, how how are you doing a t- how how are you being a tough guy and you do a TikTok dances? No, he's he's like he a better example. He's trying to be like like Lambeer. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he's trying his ass off to to be just that asshole but the thing the like Lambeer would do, do I, shit I would, I would give him a Doherty rather than a Lambeer yeah 
well, but like Lambeer, like he was he was a gaslight asshole. Oh yeah, <laughs> where like he would he would do shit, he would play dirty, he would elbow guys, and then he'd be like, "They're fucking with me." Oh yeah, that is. You know what I'm saying? And then like when Larry Bird threw that fastball at his head. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's heat. <laughs> and he's getting heat. Yeah, he's getting heat, but it's not even like go home heat, man. That's just it's more of just like heat. go away. Yeah. And that's the heat you don't want. Oh, facts. And especially now with NBA Twitter. Yeah. Get okay. ripped apart by people on Twitter. Right. And it's not the whole thing of like you're the guy that everybody loves to hate. Yeah. It's just everybody just wants you to leave. Right. Like, people would have the opinion, like, the league is better off without you in it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. You never want that. You never want that. Right. You ain't got to be a baby face, but you also don't have to be a jerk. Right. And that's the thing that a lot, that, like, a lot of these younger pro athletes, like, a lot of them get it, but, like, like, John Morant. John Morant, like. That that man's just, that boy boy is lost. I mean, sorry, I I would say, boy, he's a man. All right. He has family. He has, I mean, he had. You know, his dad in his life the whole entire time. But you know what? It's one of those things where you need people around you. And I think he does have people around him because even the younger guys around him are just like, yo, yo, don't do this. But you just don't listen to people. Oh, 100 percent. You know what I mean? It's like you can have the, the most money. You can have the money. You can have the people around you. But if you don't listen to anybody. If you don't respect your people enough to listen to them. Yo, one time, shout out to the rapper Blueprint. He he said something in a bar. Shout out. That literally I think about it a lot because it's it's the truth. And he, he like in his bar, he was explaining. He's like, he's like talking about how like when hip hop started getting all about killing and gun brandishing and stuff. He's like, that's what happens when rappers look up to thugs and kids look up to rappers. <laughs> and I was like, damn, dog. Like, and again, John ja Morant looking up to rappers. And the, I guarantee you the type of rap he listens to is all gun culture and all that shit. And he thinks like brand, like wearing a bunch of jewels and brandishing guns is what makes you dope. But he also isn't understanding that as a member of the, the association, when you are a player in the league, it's as exactly as you said, you are part of the top 1% of ballers in the world that make it to the league. Yeah. You know, and when you're there, you got to understand the whole world is looking at you. Yeah. So when you're putting out that you're brandishing guns and doing all this shit, like, yeah, you're thinking, oh, I'm in an, I'm in an, I'm in an, an adult environment. And so I could do this shit because there's adults watching me. But he's not understanding. There's also kids watching you. There's also like impressionable young kids watching you. Right. And when you're making mistakes like this, like. What's to say that another kid doesn't fucking fall into that and all of a sudden he wants to get a part of the gun culture because I saw my favorite player do it. Right, right. And I mean, and I do agree with Charles Barkley with the, the um, you remember the, the commercial in the 90s, you know, when he had with Nike? He said, like, I'm not a role model. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, absolutely. He's not a role model. He shouldn't be a role model. Right. Your parents should, you know, raise you. 100%. But it's the environment that also adds on to the the mammalian brain. You know what I mean? Like the, the back of the head, yeah. the subconscious, where you don't think about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You just see the images and you hear the stuff. And it's just, it just goes into the data bank 
that it's you know the um, when you get the gut feeling yeah and when you get this you know what i mean that little voice in the back of your head it's like you know what hey, this this be pretty cool you know that's right type. right right and it just moves on it's like i don't know if like there's a book that i've actually um read that i'm reading right now it's called uh, dark ghetto by dr kenneth clark okay and he was a researcher in new york back in like the 40s you know it's like the 30s 40s and 50s okay right and he ended up getting a lot of data he worked with a lot of people a lot of um, social a lot of social programs a lot of um special interest groups and stuff like that and he was specifically looking at the black community and he ended up like bringing up a lot of things and he he was pretty prophetic about a lot of stuff that we're dealing with now especially all right i'm gonna go a little nerd on you right now just just stick with me you guys all right um he coined a term uh that was called the tangle of pathology and when we think about things like ghetto culture right we're talking about like a lot of ignorance a lot of gunplay a lot of you know showing people that you're the man and looking up to drug dealers and gangsters and you know all this stuff right that's the stuff that people think of as you know things that poor people do people that are in the ghetto trying to you know make it out of the ghetto or try to make a better life for a lot of their family members because they gotta sell drugs because they can't work a regular nine to five type thing because they've been to jail and you know such and so forth right well part of his research and what he found out was that a lot of that culture or a lot of the underground culture that was based around a lot of like negative stuff seen in society it doesn't just stay there it moves up yeah because that's what's seen as cool and so and he and he said already in this book you know i'm like in 40 50 years you're not going to see a difference between somebody that was born in the ghetto on section eight and uh just never really had two dimes to rub together and the people that are in the gated communities right you a lot of times like especially in the black community you won't see a difference and what the fuck are we seeing right now we're seeing the one percent we are seeing the elites acting like people in the ghetto 100 percent. and not only just black people we're talking about all american culture in general i mean shout out to that submarine <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry yeah shout out to somebody it's like like not having the common sense you know what i mean but you're doing shit because you want to stun on people fucking you're doing this stuff because it's cool because you're trying to impress somebody that you've never met before and never will meet facts he ain't lying (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know and that's just you know the, the crazy thing because it's like all right people that don't understand themselves or never even wanted to have a conversation to understand who they are they will spend the last their last twenty dollars trying to buy something that'll impress somebody that they will never meet 100 percent. they will go into lifetime worth of debt in order to flex on people that don't care about them 
Like, what is the point? Exactly. What's what is the point of that? Is to it's it's that temporary feeling that end up having lifetime pain. The temporary good feeling for a lifetime of pain. I ain't about that. Absolutely. And I mean, only one man usually has this energy, but that same like trying to stun on people. It's that. I'm better than you, and you know it. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's entertaining to watch. Right. It's just like it's that it's that Schadenfreude, right? Yeah, yeah. It's entertaining to watch. Especially, it's it's entertaining to watch Trainwreck. Oh, 100%. But you don't want to be in the Trainwreck. Right. So, I'll I'll see it from the sidelines. I'll see that 15-second clip and just move on my day. Facts. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) facts, yo. Like, just when you see see people acting wild like that, especially in the, the environment that we have, like it's it's the stunting on people but also people are trying to go viral and what annoys me the most about that is like like i get it sometimes you go viral sometimes you get opportunities open the door for you like i remember that catch me outside bitch she was on dr phil she blew up for a little bit started getting deals to show up at places and all that she was a damn child exactly but again so many people look at shit like that and why do you think we always see these try to be too easy to be true cash grabs yeah yeah you know what i'm saying and like people jumping all over fucking bitcoin and all this shit because people are trying to make a quick buck as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and it's and again i just i think back to that fucking that nas quote I'm like dude it ain't about the destination it's all about the journey yeah you know like <laughs> and it's just don't get me wrong if i had fuck you type money we would definitely be going nation that would be as far as that stunting is going. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like, hey, you know, it's like being the being the official official. Of course, you know, I mean, we're always going to have that that 50 year horizon. Oh, 100 percent. You know, what I mean, it's like make your make your money outlast you. Absolutely. Thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that energy. Uh, I spend more money on spilt liquor. (laughs) 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 Fucking Flario. (laughs) Nature boy. Say, and Garvin, with that golden retriever that you call a woman. (laughs) 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 Taking his shoes off in a promo. Look at these gators. Oh man, I, I, I love that. Um, it's like that thirty for thirty when um, when they were talking about. I think it was Jim Ross. Yeah, he was telling the story about when he was waking up next to aliens, and it's like aliens for people that don't know were uh, women that he went to bed with that he didn't know that he went to bed with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, it wasn't ugly people it wasn't fat ones it was just literally i have no recollection he's like yeah i have no idea who is i, I don't know who that is <laughs> yeah yeah it's like and i will testify to that <laughs> um but he, a lot of it's <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like hold on baby you're gonna wake up the rest of the bitches <laughs> 
it, it, it's who and who and oh shit <laughs> but uh but no he, he was saying like you know it's like hey where's my watch <laughs> and jim ross was saying that like it, it was saying that one of the women was talking to him it was just like yeah yeah it's like you you threw it into like a bowl of skyline chili and just said like <laughs> Say, I got 10 of these fucking things. <laughs> a a $5,000 Rolex watch. A $5,000 Rolex watch in 1976. I mean, you, right, you go to Urban. Money. I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I just feel it should be true. If you look up the word stunting in Urban Dictionary, there's probably a picture of Flair there. Just 1980s with the hair permed and the fucking aviator sunglasses on. And pursing his lips going, ooh, baby. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and also I don't know if you saw, but in that picture on the side, you got like a, like um, you know, like like a small picture of uh, Arn Anderson putting up the fours. Yeah, <laughs> it's like double A. Bro, I remember watching. I remember watching that. Uh, did you ever see like when Vice was doing the Tales from the Territories? Um, I saw like three episodes of that. There was one that they did called Evil Heels from Carolina or Evil Evil Heels from the Carolinas. And they were just like zooming in on the Jim Pro- Jim Crockett promotions. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like when they were telling the stories of like actually living like fucking lavish millionaires and shit. And like Arn Anderson was telling a story of how after they got this big ass paycheck, like Flair, his wife, Arn and his wife ended up buying brand new fucking like like Maseratis or some shit like that. Like you talking about wife number one or wife number two? I don't even remember, but <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> nah, but like like he was just talking about how like like they would just go in and pay for cars like like outright cash. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and like just and and that was a time where it's like you could go to duffel bag full of money and nobody cared. Fucking facts, yo. <laughs> I buy all three of them. <laughs> but no oh man, yeah, that's that that mean just what a time to be alive, man. Fucking facts. What a time bro. to be alive. I'm talking about making just oodles of money. I'm t- it blowing so much money. My god. You you know if Ric Flair if he spent 40% of the money that it, sorry, if he saved 40% of the money that he made, yeah. he could live off the interest for the rest of his freaking life and still make at least 200 grand a year. Oh, 100%, but he was terrible with his money. Yeah. Is he li- he he lived his gimmick. He was Ric Flair rather than Richard Fleer. He was depressed when he was Richard Fleer. Yeah. I'm dumb but I, like have talk about identity crisis, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, uh. dude, I remember like seeing those promos back in the day, like fucking Flair showing up, and like that was when they did those old school NWA, like had the set where the guys would come out, and Tony Schiavone would just be there with his old school mustache, just sitting there interviewing guys. Oh yeah, and Flair would come out being smooth as fuck, but then he'd get loud and hype and shit, and get all red. Yeah, he'd yeah. get all red when he's screaming into the camera, <laughs> but like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The dude wearing a nice ass suit and he's got gaiters on and he's like, he's like, I ain't gonna fight you wearing this. Like I ain't trying to tear up my suit. Yeah. You know how much I spent on this? Like. And he's got the tremble shakes and you know like yeah. the permed hair just. <laughs> 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 
so fucking fire, dude. Like, I'm just... But, like, that that whole idea of stunting and shit, like, that was entertainment. Even yeah. though, like, he was living that, like... I mean, the guy's a fucking cultural icon now. Oh, absolutely. But, like, not once did you ever hear Flair sitting there brandishing a gun and fucking going out and doing stupid shit like that. Right. But, I mean, I'm sure there was mountains of cocaine and stupid amounts of money and, like... But you never saw the cocaine. Facts. You never saw the pills. You never saw the cocaine. You never saw any of this shit. All you just... All, all you, you heard all the you stories. Saw, all you, you heard the stories, and all you saw or heard was... You know, hey, we're gonna be at the Marriott on Grand <laughs> Facts. Come get this key card. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's like you remember when I told you about the the show on uh, on Cinemax, uh, Tales from the Tour Bus. Yeah. The one yeah, Mike yeah. Judge in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this stuff was crazy because it was great because the first season was about country music. Yeah. And everybody thought, you know, the country music, oh, they were, you know, the faces. They were the baby faces. They were they were nice people. They had all this nice music and stuff like that. Man, you talking about like the drugs, the drink, the crazy parties. We talk about debauch. I'm talking about these, these people behind the scenes. Their life was a mess. But they came out and they were just, you know, stringing that stuff. Like Hank Williams Sr.? Man. Johnny fucking Cash, bro. Johnny Cash, ooh, Johnny Paycheck, facts. That man, facts. I'm talking about Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Oh, and you know, and, and of course, I love Willie Nelson though because yeah, he's yeah. it's like six degrees of Willie Nelson because he's like connected to everybody. <laughs> and and this guy, he's not doing the coke. He's not. Do, he's just he he just smoking his weed, baby. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like that. We, I was actually having a conversation with my lead at work about this. Shout out to him. Uh, it was like shout out one of the people. Like if you ever got caught smoking weed with Willie Nelson, that's like one of the few people that it's like, yeah, I'd be okay with getting caught doing that. It's like Willie Nelson, Cheech and Chong, Snoop Dogg, Be Real from Cypress Hill. That's my Mount Rushmore weed Ooh, smokers. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I give you that. Yeah, that's that's strong. That's yeah. very strong. That's very strong. Oh man. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. So, like, I, I, I am not a smoker like that. Right, right. So I'm just saying that you know, okay, you got your cultural icons. I mean, I would, I would probably, I have to slide off, be real, and probably slide in Bob Marley on that. Okay. So, but, but it's, a, it, but it's a definitely a strong three for sure. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. That's pretty freaking amazing. But, um, oh, speaking of uh, identity crisis, right? You remember when I was saying off off mic that the past couple of weeks have been weird? Yeah. They've been weird for me as in the sense of things have gone right in the world, but it's at my expense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because, I mean, yeah, because... I don't know what you do, but, you know, your boy had a birthday about two weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on at the at the corporate office. You know, you can't, can't get away. You know what I mean? Of you know, course. It's on call. Course. You're doing late hours, stuff like that. Oh, I, I mean, know. I was in the you office. bastards are making ago. me do long hours because of the shenanigans. <sighs> that's not me, all right? <sighs> you already know. You already fucking know. It's my guy. Our guy. 
Right, right. But you know what? I can't, I, I can't get Zeus off the heel, uh, off, off the. Um, I can't let him off either. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He, he. You know, it's like as as much as he tries to pull away, he's still part of this. I know. You know what's causing all this, <laughs> Zeus? <laughs> Shout out to my guy. Shout out. But um, but yeah. So I mean, I'm really bad at planning stuff for me. Yeah. So I ended up going to a jazz club. You know what I mean? Awesome spot. You know what I mean? Shout out to the Nash on Roosevelt Row. Awesome spot. Awesome place, man. Really, really good music. It was great. Um, and then I ended up going out to um, to play a tournament, a poker tournament. Haven't played poker in about eight months. You know what I mean? Uh, hold them? Yep. All right. Yeah, yeah. No limit text. Hold them, and no limit. Hold them, and it was really good because I mean I ended up getting twelve, right? But it ended, but it ended up going really weird because I had a hand that it was strong at the beginning, right? Yeah. And I'd gone up against this other guy. We've been going back and forth, and you know he's being a bit of a jerk and stuff like that. But you know it's like like you know he's the the guy that's being the big bravado where it's like I'm better than you and you know it you know yeah, type yeah, things yeah, but yeah. it's like it's not true but he's trying to make it true by saying it and by acting that he's way he's trying to he's trying to speak it into existence yeah, exactly you know it's like and he's somewhat failing at it because he's more of like a spoiled brat and be like you know that type of thing when it, when he does lose a hand or if he force or he's, if he puts it down <laughs> And it was really weird. It was one of those things where let me I, I can show you a picture because my the hand ended up it ended up running down. I had a lead on him. I put, he had he was all in, so he was at risk. Most of my chips were at risk, and whatever happened in this hand ended up changing or putting people into like the top three in chips. Okay. Right? And we still had like 15 people left. Now, I was kind of pissed because the way that it ended up working was that he had so he had King 10, right? And I had um I had a queen. It's like I had he had King 10 and I had I think queen uh queen 9. Okay. So it ended up running out like this. Sorry, I had ace queen. Sorry. So I was ahead at most of the time. Right. The board turns. Um, Got a six, a five, a six, ten, and queen. Yeah, a ten on the. Uh, it's like, yeah, six, five, six on the flop. Mm-hmm. And then it turned a ten. And then it ended up going to be a queen on the river. So I was I was behind. It's like I was ahead, then I was behind, and then I quote won the hand because I hit my queen. Well, here the thing was is that he thought he already lost. He saw the queen and he got up and walked away. You see, most of the cards are already there, right? I'm pulling my chips back, and then this fuck ass in the in the red in the red shirt, which the, you don't see his face. Yeah, he said. 
hey, I think he hit a flush. And as you can see, the flush is there. Yeah. It's it, it ended up being four spades or runner runner spades yeah, yeah. for him to win it, right? But here's the whole thing. All of the all of the cards went into the muck. They were all flipped over and then there were all everything else. He went back into the deck and pulled them out and said, Yeah, he actually did win. Now the thing and for all you poker players out there. The house rules, or the, the universal rules for the most part, yeah, yeah. is that once they, once your live hand hits the rest of the cards that are that are you know like thrown away, the hand is done. You don't replay it. Yeah. But they did. They pulled it out and they called people down. I'm sitting back, and I'm thinking. This is the right call. Justice is being served a little bit. This is the right call, but I can make a, you know, I can make my my thing of, well, it's mucked. It's already gone. It's it's done. The hand's done. But I'm sitting back and I'm just like that little, you know, the good guy, you know, thing in the back of my head. I'm just like, I can say this. I can make a make a whole thing of it. But it's the right call. Right. It's the right thing to do, but I'm the one that's getting screwed. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, should I do this to try to, like, build up my karma? Or am I just going to let this shit happen? And that's like just, again, that's just a part of me where I'm just like, that's like the, the, the good, the, the piece of the good guy that just isn't dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> The little baby face in you. The little, yeah, it's, it's the face that's just not fucking dead just yet. Just yet. And then it ended up being like a twenty. They stopped the tournament for like twenty minutes so they can read, so they can go upstairs, look at the video, see how many chips are in there, and blah blah blah, and actually you know make stuff right. But that's the whole thing. Is like that one hand messed up my tournament yeah messed up everybody else because i would have been number three in chips and if i was number three in chips i would have made the final table and more than likely i would have won a tournament yeah but because the time the little bit of good guy because i want to see good see the world be right i messed myself over now nobody else would have done it but I did. Now, does that make me a decent person or does that make me a sucker? I mean, at that point, it's a matter of perspective because, I mean, I, I will always think that you're one of the best dudes I know. Like, you're my guy. To some may, who may not be in the know of who my man Kyle is, they might be like, what a sucker. That's what we were going after. And all the brown chips are like 5,000 and all these are 1,000. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So whoever won would have gotten all of this. Mm. And that would put you in third place. Right? So, and these are like the rest of the stacks of what we're looking at. Ah, okay. So big hand. Yeah. I don't know. It's like for everyone that can't see, I'm showing him pictures of the board because, again, we were on pause for like 20 minutes and i'm just saying and i had to do this because like there's no way people would believe what, what the hell i'm looking at 
what the hell I'm saying unless I got proof. You know, Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> so, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Like, that's, again, like, I think you did the right thing. And I think that karma is going to come back to you tenfold. All right. So, okay. So think about this. Like, I walked away with $397. First place was about six grand. Okay. I mean, obviously, big stark difference. Stark difference. Still upset about it. I, I, I can't say I'm still. I won't say that I'm upset about it, that I'm cursing at it. It's just one of those things that's just going to be in your craw for a few weeks. Oh, trust me. I understand that feeling because uh, this happened a couple of years ago, but Brandon Staley is still in my oh. craw. Oh. <laughs> you already know. Yeah, every time I've told Kyle any stories about me being close to a million dollars, and then something happens. Million. Something stupid happens every fucking time. Yeah. And I'm just like, maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe it just wasn't meant to be at that time, right? But about like fifty, about like fucking seven, eight years apart. Nah, longer than that. Probably like fucking twelve years apart between both times. I almost got a mil, a million, a million, million. Like, yeah, it's like this fuck ass right here. That's the guy to be like, oh, I think he, I think this happened. Oh, yeah. You know, just yeah, like yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah. even in the freaking hand. He had threw his stuff at the beginning. He was the only one that saw it. Just it, it, all it takes is one motherfucker to spoil the facts. <laughs> <laughs> fucking facts, yo. <laughs> Factual statements, my guy. See, <laughs> uh, man, what what was it Um, the with the player haters ball? What was it? Oh, man. Hate, 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 hate. Hey, 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 hey. It's like, it's like, I hate you. I hate you. And I. <laughs> I don't even know you and I hate your guts. It's like, I hope everything bad in this world happens to you and nobody like else. Welcome all you ignorant ass bitches, <laughs> critics, complainers, disgruntled rappers, and racists. And racists, especially. Yeah. I mean, that motherfucker with the hat, he, he looks like he just, you know, just says. Like no. <laughs> he looks like he's like get off my front lawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 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 he he's got that he's got that build where it's like it's like I'm a dad that could mow my own lawn, but he's got that old man strength where it's like got that puffy chest but like the small <laughs> arms. Yeah, you know, it's just like yeah, you know he doesn't work out, but it's like all right, yeah, let me go ahead and mow this two acres type oh shit <laughs> yeah and he's got that like he, and he's got he's definitely got like the struggle beard where it's, he's got like the just for men on the mustache but then gray everywhere else yeah it's like ugh. I want to look like that I don't try but I'm trying I'm... <laughs> I'm just saying if I see this dude in tournament it's on site. <laughs> it's on site in 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 the tournament itself. Okay, in yeah. the card game. Yeah. All right, I'm not putting hands on him. Disclaimer, you know, I'm not gonna put hands on him. There's no being no, no violence, no blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Everything else else I'm supposed to say. Well, as long as you don't bring Manny there. The man's a menace. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my boy, bro. 
Nah, he's probably going to be on the, not at the table, but just like getting those like 15 minute massages in the chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my guy, we have been going about an hour and 15. This has been a fire ass podcast. Oh man, it feels like it goes so fast. It always goes so fast. And like, Daddy Manny should be here. But. Should be. Next weekend, we will most likely convene with one another. H.I.W. Roman Alexander versus Flip Gordon. Versus versus who? Roman Alexander versus Flip Gordon. Uh, Flip Gordon is coming to H.I.W. Flip Gordon. Hashtag give Flip a contract. Facts. July 8th, next Saturday. Thunder Canyon Brewery. Thunder Canyon Brewery. Where at? Thunder Canyon Brewery. Your boy is going to be on the table. Oh. I'm be calling that shit. Shouting out you bitches. And shouting out our 13 listeners. You fucking Mark. As we all are. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Kyle, my brother. Yes, Where sir. Where can people find you? Okay. Um, you can find me in my shower uh, drinking Jack straight from the bottle, <laughs> crying. <Woo! laughs> it's like it's like crying my eyes out, but I'm got but I got the shower stuff going, so you yeah. can't see it. Um, <laughs> I just had an emo joke in my head. <laughs> yeah, because of motherfucking spades and this asshole in the red shirt. But and you can also see me and find me at grinding on a budget. G-R-I-N-D-I-N underscore on underscore a underscore budget. And that is on Instagram. I do not have Twitter because uh, Twitter fingers kind of make me. I felt that in my soul having a Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) You can also follow Daddy Manny. At guy underscore in underscore glasses. He doesn't have a big social media presence, but just go over there and send him a titty pic or something. But you can also follow me at Babyface Stew on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok if you need these jokes, you chuckle fucks. Also follow the show account at CBWMNS on Instagram. Those DMs are open if you have questions for the show. But again, we never get questions. It's always, hey, do you want to buy this jewelry? Or hey, let me bless you with my where what what's your cash app? Let me let me bless you. And I'm like, bitch, you don't even know me. Yeah. You always keep getting these princes, though, too. This prince, prince and princesses that can't oh can't access their money until I send them my money. Fucking facts. Which, which is that bullshit? You fucking hate to see it, but I'm gonna keep the same energy at the end of the show that I do at the end of every show because your boy is nothing if not consistent. I don't need your titty pictures, your ditty pictures, your fur daggers, or your sick invite messages sent to me at mcstizza26 on Snapchat. You can send that shit to Zeus, get left on red, and most likely screenshot it because he needs receipts. Yes, and of course, you know, triplicate. Facts. And if he doesn't read those, you know, it's because, you know. Yeah, yeah, But this has been episode 54 of Cigars and Bars. You boys love you. I love you. And we'll see you next week. Flip Gordon. Bye, babies. Oh, you flip it. Are you setting up the table? No, because then I go through. Oh.
never set the table because then you end up going through the table. 